0: Hi, everyone. It's Dina McKay, and I'm back with a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged, the podcast that allows Blacks in tech to share their authentic stories with you, the listener. On each episode, the guest talks about how they got into tech, their work in the industry, and lessons they've learned during their journey. You can find full show notes for this episode on blacktechunplugged.com. On this episode, I have Greg Greenlee, a DevOps engineer who has over 17 years of experience in the IT field. He's done everything from DevOps engineering, networking, IT security, systems administration, and much more. Greg is also the founder of Blacks in Technology, also known as BIT, which you'll hear more about in the episode. Greg founded BIT in 2009 after attending a Linux technology conference. Although it was a free tech conference, he noticed a lack of Black women and men in attendance, and there was absolutely no Black speakers. That was the moment that Greg realized that he needed to found BIT and create a black tech community. Greg has dedicated the last 10 years to impacting the black community and changing the world by building an organization focused on increasing the representation and participation of black women and men in tech. So in episode 31, Greg and I are going to talk about his evolution of Blacks in technology. We're also going to talk about how he became a DevOps engineer and what that means exactly. And last but not least, we're going to hear his viewpoints on how we can increase the number of Black men and women in tech. Now let's get it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Black Tech Unplugged. I have Greg Greenlee here. Hey. For my uh, listeners who are not familiar with what you do, yep. I want you to give a little introduction of yourself.
1: Sure. So my name is Greg Greenlee. I am uh, an engineer by trade. I'm also the founder of uh, the Blacks in Technology Organization. Uh, so we're an organization that looks to increase the representation and participation of black women and men in tech. Uh, so, I, I um, you know, my, my regular 95, I do engineering stuff. I work with Cool Tech. And then my other nine to five, I (laughs) operate BIT.
0: So for people who don't know, that's Black in Tech. Mm -hmm. And tell the listeners a little bit more about your organization. What is its mission? How can they find it? All of those details.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Blacks in Technology is an organization I founded back in 2009. Uh, I think I'd been attending tech conferences for Quite a uh, number of years, uh, and just noticing the disparity between Black women, women and men, and other you know uh, ethnicities, and from the attendees, and as far as speakers uh, go. And so at the time, and I was really green to you know DNI and then what it meant and what the barriers were uh, for Black women and men in tech. And I just wanted to be able to bring together. Uh, create kind of this safe space and bring together black women and men so that we can become aware of some of these events and things that are going on. So because I saw a real benefit in attending these conferences, the conferences I was attending at the time, they were free conferences. Uh, so there was a lot of knowledge, you know, being shared at these conferences and being able to talk with vendors and uh, people from different tech organizations and that type of thing. And I simply didn't want us missing out on these type of opportunities. So that's kind of what the impetus was of starting Bit. And it started out as a blog first, right? I just wanted to kind of start mm-hmm. blogging about my experiences uh, in tech. And at the time, I was, it was really engineer focus engineering focus i should say so then from there i was like you know hey like there's some open source tools there was a buddy of mine his name is ronnie hash shout out to ronnie hash he now lives out in out in the bay area um and you know he was like hey there's some open source tools that you can use in order to really you know build a community online community that includes like a forum a uh, social networking component and so you know he helped me build that that part of uh Of the online solution and so that kind of that morphed into really wanting to uh, do more to kind of represent who we are and 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 shed light on people and uh the people you know just highlight people uh and what they were doing in their day-to-day whether it's starting a company or whether it's career progression uh and so we started doing a podcast uh as well so back in like 2009 is when we really started uh doing podcasts and and highlighting black women and black men in in our community. Um and then we wanted really to to do more of that more content creation so we started doing articles as well. Uh and and, and like I said our whole thing is around representation. Um and so we really wanted to highlight uh the men and women that were on the ground and were doing the work uh and you know just telling our own stories and dictating our own narrative as opposed to You know, relying on, you know, some of these other publications and online, you know, mags and things like that to maybe talk about us. And then if they do, hoping that it's not done in a way that's that's this negative, let's not just have this negative, this one, I guess, this one perspective on the industry uh, and then expect, you know, young black people to actually want to go into this industry because then it could be a a deterrent. That just, you know, kind of added on to what we wanted to accomplish. As far as, you know, highlighting people and sharing their stories and providing those type of resources back to our community.
0: So I do want to go back and touch on a few points that you mentioned when you started. So you were like one of the first in the game. Right. How have you seen Black Tech podcasts increase? And do you feel like our presence in the media has increased as well?
1: I'll say yes on both fronts. Um, Okay. Uh, so like i like I mentioned like when I first started out there was only a handful of people that were uh even doing podcast I know there's an organization beautyPA I think they had uh they had a, a podcast uh there was they a gentleman did? yeah they did it was I didn't a know Beauty that. PA talk or something like yeah they they definitely had one um there was a there was a gentleman his name was um Kai Dupuy uh, he works at Microsoft now, but uh, he he is an inspiration to me because he was one of the first podcasts I heard uh, that featured black women and black men. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, uh, but he he's another one. And like after that, ugh, I can't I I don't, I can't recall any other ones after that. There may uh, that's not to say there wasn't. I just can't remember any after that. And so. Uh, i've seen a a huge increase of um you know podcasts a lot in the in the entrepreneurial tech space uh but just you know secu- uh, i've seen infosec you know related ones i've seen ones uh podcasts that are focused on black women in tech like i see them exploding and that's that's a great thing um also as far as media coverage i th- i think we're 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 doing a better job of of Controlling our own narrative, like taking the, taking the, um, uh, the initiative to control our own narrative. Uh, we, we have a, a, a lady that's speaking at Bitcoin. Her name is, uh, Deshaunna Spencer. Uh, and we actually have a whole panel. Let me tell you about the panel. The panel is dope. So, um, Deshauna Spencer, there is, um, Sherelle Dorsey from the plug, um, yep. And Deshauna is, she's the founder of Quali TV, uh, which is a streaming platform uh, for black film. Uh, and there's a gentleman, his name is Roye uh, Akupe, uh, and he has mm-hmm. a company uh, that, uh, animation company that does uh, like comics and, and animation for uh, superheroes of African descent. Uh, so I see more of this type of thing happening. I see, and I see uh, like you know all these you know, pockets of podcasts that are being. I know um, Will Lucas, uh, he had one called of ten. Um, Amanda Span, uh, she had she has a podcast as well that I was just uh, was I just that yeah, was just on. Uh, so I know a, a Yuri Selassie from Salesforce, she was doing a podcast. I know Camille Eddy. she was doing a podcast. Like there's just all these people that's popping in there and they're doing podcasts and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm eating it up and I'm just like, Hey, this is what, what we need to be doing. And I'm happy to see uh, more and more people doing it.
0: I didn't even realize some of those people and I know them that they mm-hmm. were even doing podcasts. So that's awesome to yeah. hear, but one, I do want to go back and touch on. So you mentioned yeah. the amazing panel and Sh- yeah. Shirelle on that. Shirelle's been on this podcast. She was episode okay. one, I believe. And then nice. the other young lady who is doing streaming a black film. So what are they going to yeah. be discussing when they're on the stage?
1: So, yeah. So the, 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 um, the panel is called The Lenses Black, black Creating Afrocentric Content Platforms. Shout out to, uh, Marcus Davis for coming up with that dope title. Um, so basically, it, I mean, the title speaks for itself. I wanted to have this panel where we can talk about, um, you know, creating platforms and, cre- and you know, basically steering our own narrative uh, by creating um, content that is focused on black women and black men. Uh, and so it's going to delve into like, hey, you know, what was the impetus of you building this platform? How did you go about building it? You know, what was the aha moment for you? Uh, you know, just getting some information, you know, on the background of how they built this platform, why they built this platform, why they think it's important. Uh, and 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 then we'll actually get into some some tech stuff as well, like you know what what. Um, you know, what are some of the tools you use? You know, what's some of the marketing that you uh, that you use in order to to you know get people onto the platform, things like that. And so, I really think it's important to, for people to see that this is possible. We've got three uh, incredible people that are you know really doing it out there. You know, probably against all odds and against what some people say, because. There's there's people that say, hey, you know, you, you can't beat Netflix. Why are you going to do something that's similar to Netflix just for Black people, right? And and you have mm-hmm. um, Deshauna saying like, I don't care. Like, we need this, and I'm going to do it. And uh, you know, it's it's a successful platform, and it has a lot of dope material on there. I know I, I'm am a, I'm a um, subscriber to it. Uh, it's the same for Sherelle. You know, she she saw that you know there needed to be more representation. Uh, and more highlight um, highlighting people in our community, and, and Roy A., the same thing. You know, if you look at any comic book, and some are some more diverse than others, but uh, there's not a, 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 a lot of comic books out there to focus just on black superheroes, right? And so he felt the need for that something like that to uh, to exist, and he went out there and he built it. And we're we're going to talk to each one of them about you know how they built it.
0: I can't wait to hear that particular panel. One thing I do want to ask oh. you from a tech perspective, yeah. if we're talking just media, that could be video streaming podcasts, whatever yes. you want to call. Yes. What are some of your top resources that you look to for black tech content? Uh,
1: so definitely um, the plug is, is dope. Uh, there's always good information in there. Um, Twitter black Twitter <laughs> uh, our slack oh, channel <laughs> yeah um, um our slack channel uh, like I don't I don't know if I mentioned but we have a, a slack channel for for bit and uh, we have like over 3,000 people uh, in our slack channel that's you know super active uh, and so like you know there's always conversations going on around what's happening, not just in our community, uh, from a social standpoint, but also like when there's, uh, when there's a win, you know, so to speak, when there's something in the news or something that, Hey, like this is, you know, a black person is really doing it. Uh, they they'll post that in Mm -hmm. there. And so it's always good to go in there and just, you know, look to see what the conversation is and, and, and click on the links and see where that, uh, that takes you. Um,
0: if my listeners want access to your Slack channel, how can we how can we all join? I know I'm not a yeah. part of it, and I'm going to join.
1: Yeah, so blocksandtechnology.net, uh, that's our website. And then at, towards the bottom, there's a Slack icon. Uh, click on that okay. icon, and there's a short form that you fill out, and it automatically sends you an invite.
0: Great, and I'm sure that'll help my listeners who are looking for ways to not only yep. stay in tune, but also connect to other members who are black and in tech and they find their tribe. So yep. thank you for sharing those resources. Oh, no problem. I do want to segue back to you mentioned Bitcoin and I don't yeah. think we fully talked about what that is. So tell my listeners yeah. what BitCon is and where and when it's happening.
1: Okay. So, uh, Bitcoin is our is blacks and technologies annual conference. Our first one actually happened last year, Uh, In the Twin Cities of Minnesota, which is St. Paul, Minneapolis area, Uh, we're bringing it back to that area again. Uh, And so last year there was there was three days. This year is four days of tech Mm -hmm. events. Uh, So uh, our first day is going to focus uh, more on uh, tech entrepreneurship. So we have uh, and and there's some like supplier diversity stuff uh, in there as well. Uh so you know just to kind of give you um uh, just a glimpse into what some of the programming looks like. Uh we're doing like mental health and tech entrepreneurship, right? So we have people speaking about that. We have okay. people speaking about uh how to protect your intellectual property. Um mm, that's yes, yes. Um uh we have one about uh, insure tech, you know, further exploring tech and uh PNC insurance landscape. Uh, we have um, a talk around uh, uh, minimal viable uh, product when it comes to tech entrepreneurship, uh, and then we have a pitch competition that's happening. So we have a number of um, of um, of of panels, you know, just you know, talking and touching on tech entrepreneurship, uh, as well as like doing business as a a, a, a tech business, right? Uh, Doing business as a mm-hmm. as a black person in tech, right? So, uh, be, becoming a corporate vendor, right? How to how to how to validate your business, right? So there's stuff like that yeah. that we're we we're touching on. Uh, and then the next day is is it's more around marketing, media, communication, like front end web stuff, UI, UX. We kind of wanted to group all that stuff together since it's kind of a more visual thing. Um, and so you know things like UI experience interview, like um public relations in tech you know since that's kind of the, the the face of tech you know um not the face of tech but you know more out front in, in tech as, as opposed to like doing like back-end stuff uh we have a, a black girls magic panel women women in marketing media and communication Uh yeah. Um, yeah we have things around how to lead a design sprint so that's you know more of a you know um it's a little bit more technical, but it, it talks, you know, it's more to the, uh, the design of, um, of uh, applications and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. My panel that I that curated, The Lens is Black, uh, building a robust, robust marketing team, um, modern methodologies to build better products. So a lot of good talks on that day. The, the third day is more of the heavy tech-focused um, uh, Topics. So things about DevOps and since it's Cybersecurity Month in the month of October, there's a lot of stuff around cybersecurity. Uh, we have some people uh, we have a capture of the flag, which is a cybersecurity competition that's being uh, hosted by uh, McAfee. Uh, we are talking about the cloud. We have another Black Girls Magic uh, Magic Panel, Women in Tech. Uh, we have some stuff about immersive tech and education. Uh, machine learning. Uh, let me see. Uh, we have a, a talk about um, the need for diversity and active inclusion in the blockchain ecosystem. Some stuff around data analytics. Um, some more stuff around uh, automation and job career advancement. Uh, what else? Yeah. So that's more of the heavy uh, tech focused um, stuff, topics. And then the mm-hmm. last day. Oh, and we also okay. So that's the last. So and then the last day is our community uh, tech uh, career fest day. So we have a panel called Your Career in Tech. Uh, we have uh, some stuff around fostering innovation within youth. So that's I think that day is um uh, is an open day, meaning anyone can attend. So we wanted a lot of the topics of that day to be more focused around. You know, something that anyone can get out of it. Right. So there is a even though there's a um, a talk about uh, Python, the programming language, it's around using Python to create music. Right. Um, We have uh, a game development one on one talk, talk, how to crush certification exams, um, onboarding junior engineers or remote companies. uh, And then we have a, a hackathon called Basketball Hack Day. Uh, that's happening as well, uh, so we have you know quite a, f- a few uh, panels that's happening that day. Um, so there's something I think uh, for everyone um, each day of the conference, and so that's that's kind of what you know, kind of how the conference is laid out. And, and I think I think people will enjoy themselves. I think they'll they'll be able to get something from each one of the days, actually. But you know, if there's something that's you know more catered to um, specific. Discipline in tech, uh, you know, on a specific day. So I think that that works out pretty well.
0: One thing I noticed when I was looking at the conference and the conference schedule Uh is I feel like when you guys have your tech days, like leading a design sprint and those kind of conversations, Mm -hmm. that is the first type of session I've seen of that kind. Oh. And I'm just so <laughs> intrigued on how you came up with the content and formatting for the event. Did you have in, like did you have insider info as a tech person you knew that this was those were needed sessions or how did you come up with all the different sessions?
1: So, you know, I I've been working with our community for 10 years. So, I hear mm-hmm. I, you know what they've been wanting for the past 10 years and me being a hardcore engineer, and a lot of our members being uh, engineers as well, uh, just kind of listening to what the community wants, and 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 trying to find a way to you know come up with you know interesting talks and things like that, and. Um, um, that will cater to them, right? So, one of the things that I've seen, and, and this goes back to um, a question you asked earlier, you know, when, in regards to, you know, like media and things like that. Uh, as you know, like in the past few years, there's been a number of tech conferences that's focused on Black women and Black men uh, as well, which is great. Um, the only, I wouldn't say it's an issue, but the one thing that I, I saw a lack of is like hardcore technical talks, right? And so mm-hmm. me, me being an engineer, I you know, I want I want that as part of our conference. Uh, and so that really starts with um you know what what our criteria is for uh, for our, our call for papers, right? Like what do we want to see? Like what is it, you know, so you take, you know, all these years of listening to the community and you say, okay, hey, our community is really clamoring for uh, you know, some, some good technical talks, uh, but we can't leave, you know, uh, everyone else who's not an engineer out. So we need stuff for them as well. So it's, it's a surround kind of how we, how we frame our call for papers um, and, you know, just sticking to what the core of uh, our base is uh, and, and just, you know, kind of going from there and, and, and it really worked out well for us. Um, yeah.
0: And you bring a a really good point that usually it's geared towards people who are coders or programmers when you go to events. But there's always, people always forget the other half of tech. Like for me, I'm a scrum master. So like leading a design session, even though I don't always have to do that, but that's interesting because that's something I can relate to as opposed to what you could be, what coding language do you need to know right now? If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 one of the other things too that I want to mention is that black Blacks and Technology is not a diversity conference. Meaning, one of the things I'm not going to do is I'm not going to bring all of our people together and then preach to the choir that we need more diversity. Of course we do. We already know that. And I'm also not going to bring a, together a bunch of black women, talented black black women and black men, and then have them speak on diversity. Right? Like that's that's what a lot of these conferences that are led, you well, know, by um, by white women and white men—that's what they do. That, you know, mm-hmm. they 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 bring us there, and then they want us to on a diversity panel. Like, nah, like we are talented engineers and coders and product managers and project managers and all that stuff as well. Like, we can speak on that. And so, I wanted to give a platform for us to be able to speak on that. And then I also noticed, like, you know, some other tech conferences they focus more on entrepreneurship uh and then you know the engineers are i wouldn't say left out but they don't have as much of a voice right and Mm -hmm. so i wanted to make sure that our engineers and the people that are not tech entrepreneurs uh are have a voice uh because not every tech entrepreneur, not, not every tech entrepreneur is actually an engineer, right? There, some of them or a lot of them are just idea people, which is fine. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Um, but this is a tech conference, and so there's going to be tech here, uh, and so that's why I say like, we are not a diversity conference. We're a tech conference. We just focus on giving a platform to Black women and Black men because for the longest time, we, don't, we didn't have that platform. And then when some of these other conferences reach out, uh, and not saying that all of them do, but there are, we only speak on diversity panels. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of tired of that. Like we, we wanna control our own narrative, we're gonna do that. And this was what this is.
0: I definitely understand your sentiments of explaining that this is not a diversity conference, because as we know, Diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. is the hot topic, especially in tech. Yeah. So, so everyone knows this is a tech conference, not a diversity conference. Yes. So the mm-hmm. conference is in Minnesota.
1: Yes. October 9th through 12th. I forgot and
0: I know. have to ask, what made you put the conference in Minnesota?
1: Who doesn't like cold weather? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. Um, so the story of how that went down, we have a Uh, chapter. And I I failed to mention that too. We have, uh, I think, between 12 to 15 chapters uh, nationwide. Um, So one of our uh, larger chapters is located in the Twin Cities. The the lead organizer at the time had approached me about possibly bringing a tech conference to the Twin Cities uh, because there's a lot of Fortune 500 companies that are headquartered in the Twin Cities that were willing to work with us and support our tech conference uh, in a variety of ways, and so when she approached me about you know a couple of corporations that were willing to open up their doors uh, and provide the food and the venue, like it was like a no brainer. It just made sense. We just started you know planning and uh, and seeing kind of where this was going and really really nice and so we decided to, to to take it back there this year uh just to continue to leverage those relationships uh that we had with those companies and uh you know the the support that we have from the community there was was tremendous uh so it just made sense for us to take it there at least for another year uh and then we'll decide like after this like if there, know uh, what city we're going to be in next so
0: i'm going to make a suggestion then i didn't mention this earlier Okay. You know, we're both Ohio natives. So, I mean, you might maybe something in Cleveland or (laughs) Cincinnati.
1: I'm not going to, I'm not going to spill the beans yet. So, uh, yeah, you might be happy though.
0: (laughs) Maybe I could be more than happy. Maybe I could be involved in some kind of way too.
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. We could talk about that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Since we're on the topic of Ohio and tech and you still like live and breathe Ohio tech, what do you feel like the tech scene is like there now?
1: I feel that it's definitely growing uh, due to the efforts mm-hmm. of some very dope people uh, like Candace uh, Matthews-Burkeen. Um, uh, she's of the Hellman accelerator. Uh, she took over the NUMI accelerator program as well. Uh, and, and, and working with, you know really working with the community and i have to say she's done more work with the community from a tech standpoint than i have don dixon um a popcom. she's doing dope yep. stuff there i mean there's a there's a bunch. like we have an ohio channel uh in our slack group and there's i mean there's a ton of stuff that's happening in ohio cincinnati you know is is really is really ramping up due to candace's efforts uh her and her and brian's uh efforts and and, and things are looking up um we, we have a, a chapter here. We have meetups and we have a, a, um, a thing that we do called Connect Code Build, where we we get together every second and fourth Saturday. And uh, like this, you know, kind of co- this co-working space. And we just we get together and we just code and we build one another. And we talk about social issues and we just, you know, socialize, and just have fun and, and and code. So, you know, the tech scene here is, is it's growing. It's not where. You know, I would like it to be yet, but it's definitely getting there. Mm
0: -hmm. Growing up in Cleveland, I feel like the opportunities for tech or learning tech were very limited. I feel like it's growing now, but there's still such a long way to go. And I there's a lot of people, like you mentioned, that are in Ohio and they're doing big things. And I can't wait to see how it expands and how people start coming out of Ohio in droves, just knowing tech and being able to give them opportunities. And speaking of working in Ohio and having a tech tech experience there, let's shift our conversation to that. So yeah. you are doing dev work. You're working in Ohio, but how did you get into that particular career path?
1: Yeah. So just for clarification, I'm I'm what's considered a DevOps engineer. Um, yes. So I I do. I do write code, uh but I'm not a what you would consider a um um a classic like developer, right? Like I don't I don't sit there and write, you know, back-end code for stuff. Like I write code for provisioning and setting up infrastructure like in the cloud, right? Yeah. Um, and so I I actually started out um I have like super humble beginnings uh because I wasn't always in tech. I, I always had a a knack for tech. Um, mm-hmm. When I was younger, you know, my dad, which at the time, like this is, I, when I look back on, I'm just like, dad, dad, dad was on top of it. But at the time, um, not many black households, I don't think a lot, a ton of households, period, had computers. Like, and this might be showing my age, but I was, I, my dad bought me a Commodore computer. <laughs> Um, and that's for no, the- so people
0: who don't know what a Commodore computer is, you got to explain.
1: Oh man, this is a computer that <laughs> uh, let's put it like this this computer was strictly the keyboard and the computer was one thing, and then you had to there was an output on the keyboard that connected to a TV, not a monitor. All right, a TV. I had mine connected to a TV through a dongle that connected to the UHF uh connectors on the back of a black and white TV. Now I'm really date myself. Uh, so <laughs> but I was young. Um I'm throwing that in there just so I won't date myself too much. But I was <laughs> I was I was super <laughs> I was super young. Um and my and and you know, this is you know, this wasn't an Apple, this wasn't um you know, like an IBM, this was uh, just a Commodore, like look up Commodore 16 and you'll be like, what in the heck is that? And that's what I had. It probably had like. I don't know, like 16 kilobytes of RAM, like didn't have a hard drive in it. So if I shut it off, like everything that I typed um, was gloss. I didn't have peripherals like a floppy disk or anything like that. So I, I I never turned it off unless I was like, OK, with like losing everything that I programmed. Uh, my mom, um, had a basic programming book, uh, which is an earlier kind of higher level, uh, programming language at that time. Right. Um, and for some reason, I don't even remember how, but I found the book and I started learning basic programming. And okay. My computer, my computer went on a fritz. Um, mm-hmm. something happened. I opened my computer up being like a super curious and also a mischievous kid, uh, that I was at the time and did something got it working for like I don't know maybe another two months and then it completely blew up got out of tech for a long or got out of like being interested in tech like that mm-hmm. for a long time I did music uh did hip-hop music for a while okay. uh, and then I ended up getting like you know my passion always was in tech so mm-hmm. Even though I you know I love hip hop music and I'm a super hip hop aficionado, um, but I did have that tech bug in me still. So when um I was able to, um, you know, when a music the whole music thing kind of died down and got out of my system, I really focused on uh really jumping hardcore like back in the in the tech. So uh, that started out with just like a help desk position. I actually, I worked at a, a computer uh, retail store called Micro Center. You probably, do you, do you have Micro Center? I there? know Micro Center, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just a sales associate in the, in the accessories department, you know, helping people find, okay. helping people find like uh, adapters for, for certain things or, you know, pointing them in the right direction. Like, and I still, uh, you know, I didn't have, I, I was out of tech for so long, like I was trying to work myself into it. But the good thing about working at Micro Center mm-hmm. is I got discounts on books. So in their book section, mm-hmm. I would just go and I would pick up, you know, books and like t- teach myself. So I uh, picked up an A certification book and just really started getting back into the nuts and bolts of hardware and operating systems and things like that. Um, then I got a help desk position at a local ISP uh, and that mm-hmm. helped. And then I, <laughs> I got an, another. Uh, job after that working at um, a company called Siemens doing just help desk work left there mm-hmm. went to another help desk job where I was getting paid more uh at, at, as a contractor for Sarah Lee uh okay. and at the time I picked up a side gig doing uh like um uh, and I don't, I don't think, I don't even know who does this anymore. But like, basically, doing service calls, like home service calls for computer work, like people would, who had uh, contracts or um, like support contracts with, like, say Dell, right? And they would Dell, so Dell would contract somebody local to go out and like install a new hard drive or put in a new video card. Like I would, I was doing that. So I was just grinding and learning and, and just trying to up my knowledge. And then from there. Uh, I finally got my first, um, like, network technician job at a local architectural firm. From there, I moved to become a systems administrator at a... um, uh, a data center company uh, they did like, um, you know, they were a service provider and they provided cloud services and things like that. So I was able to really get, do a lot of hands-on work with networking and operating systems and Linux, and then got more into virtualization and the cloud. And that's kind of uh, where I got my f- uh, feet wet with that. And then from there I uh, got a job doing DevOps work uh, at a uh, uh, educational software company. Um, left there and um, started doing um, IT consulting with this consulting uh, firm doing DevOps engineering work as well so and that's where I'm at now. So I had a pretty long and arduous <laughs> journey but um, you know it was it's all worth it
0: because I feel like people might not be familiar with DevOps so I want to ask the mm-hmm. question of if I was you for a day in the life, what would I go through as a DevOps person?
1: Uh, I would say at this point, like 90 percent of my day is just spent coding, making sure that Mm -hmm. I'm standing up infrastructure and 10 percent is probably uh, research. Yep.
0: And I know that DevOps is a position that I feel is becoming pretty popular. So I want to ask. If someone is interested in getting into DevOps, what advice do you have for them?
1: Do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm being silly. But no, yeah. So and and here's what I say, um, because you can get into DevOps and you can look this up. Um, DevOps engineers are making six figures easily. Um. So that's why I advise people. I mean, you know, IT itself. I mean, you can get up to six figures, but like DevOps engineers, like you're coming in at, at six figures. If you know how to how to do DevOps type work, you can demand six figures with so no problem. Um, right. But one of one of the things I would say is uh, learn a, a cloud platform, whether it's AWS, whether it's Azure, whether it's Google Cloud uh, platform. Just learn learn about that. Um, there there are a lot of like f- basic fundamental things that you that would help you that, that I would say that uh, I, I don't necessarily say you, you have to know them, but it helps because if you have that, that fundamental, that base then it makes what you do and being able to conceptualize why you're doing it that much easy, easier. So Linux, because a lot of the tools that are written in order to uh, communicate and, uh, with the cloud, and things like that are written uh, for Linux, uh, some networking just to have a good base, uh, knowledge of networking. Um, what else, uh, learn some type of, I would say learn like some type of programming language. And I would say Python, uh, if you're doing, if you want to get into the DevOps work, um, because, you know, although that, you know, the, the, the language that I code in is, is a more proprietary language. It's called uh, H- HashiCorp. HashiCorp has a tool called Terraform. So it has like um, uh, a language called HCL, which is H- HashiCorp configuration language. But a lot of the mm-hmm. underpinnings of programming itself is, is baked into there. So you still have a lot of programming concepts that you need to know uh, in order to, for, you know, in order. It, it makes it easier. You don't need to know, it, but it makes things easier if you do. Um, learn a configuration uh, management uh, tool like Ansible or Chef or puppet. That always helps. Uh, so I said scripting language done. Um, I would say um, l- know a little bit about you know m- how, you know monitoring uh, know, know something about how uh, how applications are built in a cloud uh there's some good books out there around you know cloud arch- or application architecture in the cloud uh kind of knowing a little bit about you know what microservices are and how they operate and why they're useful uh, there are a lot of good books um i would say take a look at the phoenix project um that's a good book uh another one is a devops uh handbook um, there's another one called um Someone from Google came out with called site reliability engineering. Uh, that's a really good book as well. Um, what else? Yeah. So, I, w- I w- you know, there, I know that's a lot that I just threw out there. I have a
0: few more questions
1: for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: One of them being early in the
1: conversation, you
0: mentioned that the mission for BIT is increasing the number of blacks in tech. Mm-hmm. How? How can we increase our presence in the tech industry?
1: So, uh, one of the things is that we try to collaborate with various um, organizations and companies that can help provide resources back to our community. Right? Uh, we we have a partnership with the Linux Foundation. We do things with various tech organizations in and, in and, and regards to like conferences they put on and, and helping and trying to help people you know within the community be able to attend these conferences and, and represent there. Um, we're 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 in the process of developing more programming uh, as well, so that you know we can we can do things like reach more college students or reach more high school students. Uh, but I think the biggest part of that is it's it's a lot easier to envision yourself as an engineer or as a person in tech if you see people that look like you doing the work. And I think that's really where we uh, where we really shine. Um, because I, I did a, I did a talk, uh, probably about three or four years ago. And part of my talk was Googling software engineer. And when I Googled software engineer, all the images that came up, you know, the first images were all of white people. So it's like, what does that say to, to someone, you know, who might think about you know, a young black uh, girl or young black boy? You know, what does that say to them when they do that and they don't see themselves represented? So I think representation helps with increasing the number. I think once people are, can see themselves being in this position, then they're a lot uh, more prone to, you know, continuing um, to to you know to seek or uh, continuing to you know want to be in in the tech industry. I, I have a, a story that I, I like to tell about my um, my wife's cousin. Uh, He went to one of the one of the top schools here in in Cincinnati called Walnut Hills. It's actually one of the best schools ranked. It's ranked nationally. And uh, he stayed with us for a little while. And he told me about uh, a time that he wanted to get into into tech and computers. And he went to class one day and everyone in the class was white, including a teacher. And when he walked in, everyone looked at him. And you know what he did? He walked out. Now, that's not to say that that's like the best thing to do, but that's a reality that if you don't see yourself represented, then, you know, you you don't see yourself being in that in that space. And he didn't see himself being in that space. And for us, I always say. We exist so that we don't have to exist. Right. Bit is here so that we don't have to exist in the future. If we can do what we want to do and make the impact that we want to make, then hopefully it's enough of an impact, and not just bit alone, but all these other words as well. That the level, the the playing field becomes level to where we see enough black women and black men uh, go into tech without the need of an organization like us to exist. And so, you know, from from you know from a perception standpoint of you know, envisioning yourself and and the community saying like, I can do that. That's, that's where, you know, that's kind of at this point where we are right now, that's really what we, we try to focus on. And like I said, we're, we're, we're in the process of planning and building out other programs to, to help, help with that. And yeah. And then the conference too, like that's, that's huge. Like to be able to go to a conference and see, you know, hundreds of black women and black men that are in tech, like that's empowering and that's inspirational to people. Uh, I I had so many people come up to me last year, like just, you know, people who were sometimes who were at the brink of like getting out of tech, like, and they found the conference and some of them, you know, they will email me and they say, I'm so happy that this group, this organization exists. Like I was, I, I, you know, I I don't talk to many black women and black men, you know, every day, you know, they don't work with me and I feel so isolated and it's so good to have this, like, that's powerful, helps people um, to be able to cope with being in this industry uh, when there's not a lot of us there, and hopefully, the people behind us—you know, the young people or whoever—they they might not be young. People just want to get into tech. They can see that and see it. You know, there's a community for them that will support them uh, in their journey.
0: I definitely understand too what you mentioned about being able to see someone who looks like you and someone who's doing it and confident makes such a difference, and being able to basically build the community around you yeah. that looks like you and understands what you're going through because you could be I, going through something and yes certain people can listen yeah. but it's different when someone fully understands because they look like you they talk like you maybe have a similar mindset yeah it's different when you can connect with those people
1: yeah i had a it's funny i had a friend who this guy is just like incredibly smart, like one of the smartest people that I know. Um, he's an ex-marine, um, and I met him through the Bit community, uh, and we're like really good friends to this to this day. Uh, and and he said something to me about you know about Bit. He was like, you know what, man, I go to these conferences all the time, and I, I'm usually the only black person there. And it's not even that. It's not even the tech part part of that. Right. Like he said, because I can talk circles around these people. It's not even that. It's like, what if I want to talk about Wu-Tang? Right. Like, what if I want to talk about stuff like that? Like, there's just not, you know, that that connection right there uh, is is powerful to be able, not to say that white people don't listen to Wu-Tang, but just, you know, that, you know, I understood what he was talking about. Like that, those type of. Uh, interest in, in and you know sharing that commonality and having those same backgrounds and experiences is, is very powerful. And that's what draws communities together.
0: Exactly. And it's sad because sometimes when you're trying to explain that and people don't get it, it's nothing against a person based on color or skin or anything. It's about yeah. being able to relate to one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There's definitely those people out there that would say, "Oh, why do you ne- why do you have to have a black so and so?" And then you just say, "Hey, well, is it okay if I discuss this issue with with all of, you know, like there if there's an uh, issue that I have at work, do you think it's appropriate that I discuss that with you because you you don't know uh, what I'm going through? So how is that how's that appropriate?" And and then on top of that, it's it's, it's this thing of you don't want to see black people succeed in tech, like you. you There's people that will say like, hey, uh, you you know, for instance, you know, there's that 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 whole thing. Oh, you you, you guys should look out for your own communities and build. But then it's like when we do something like that, then that's also a problem. Right. Like if I build something specifically to try to uplift the community, then you want to clamor about, you know, why is it why, why are you only focused on black people? Well, I mean. I'm black, and <laughs> there's there's a need for this. Um, and you you would be the first person that would say, "Why don't you do something?" So now that we've done it, now you want to say, "Why are we doing it?" So, yeah.
0: And as a final question, what is your last words for the Black Tech Unplugged listeners?
1: So, a, a couple of things. We are here to support you. Um, Blacks and is the website we're on. Uh, Instagram under Blacks and Technology. We're on Twitter, but on Twitter we're B L K I N T E C H N O L O G Y. On Facebook we're on Blacks Te- and Technology. LinkedIn group, Blacks and Technology. Again, we are here to support you. Uh, with that being said, support us as well. And I'm not talking about from a monetary standpoint. I'm just saying come out uh, to some of the meetups if there's a local meetup. Right, uh, Come to our Slack channel, right? Um, support and not not just me. Support these other Black uh, organizations and and the people that are trying to, you know, really trying their best to do some amazing work. So, you know, you, you might subscribe to some of these other podcasts. Subscribe to you know this podcast as well, uh, and look and go out there and search for other podcast, uh, you know, Black podcasters and support them. Uh, So, you know, that's what I would I would say, like, you know, it's come out to the conference, support us there um, if you can, if you if you have the means to come out and support us. One of the things that I've I've noticed is that I wish there was more collaboration and camaraderie uh, within the organizations that are that are working towards the same goals. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't seen nearly as much as I would like. And I, I would like, you know, if you're out there, you have an organization that's similar to mine or not similar to mine, and there's some way that we can, you know, collaborate and and partner on something. You know, let's just start a dialogue and then figure out the details later on what makes sense. But I think that there just needs to be more of of there. Like I'm not, I'm this organization bit is not going to do it by by uh, by ourselves. I I know that we're not going to boil the ocean. Uh, so there there needs to be a collaborative effort uh to to help solve this this issue uh with getting more black women and black men in the tech and representing ourselves well in tech and 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 putting more positive representation out there and so I think that comes from support on both ends uh, them us supporting you and then you supporting us so Those are my parting words.
0: Thank you for listening to Black Tech Unplugged. I'm Dina McKay, and you can find the podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on the platform that you're listening to the episode. If you have a few extra minutes, make sure to leave a five-star review too. It would help me out a lot and help other people find the podcast. Until next time.